0: Hello, Heather Jean here, Confidence Through Cabaret, with another episode, All Things Confidence. We are all about igniting confidence in personal life, work life, and stage life, whatever your stage is, and we encourage you to take up space, to own your space, to really explore your message and share it unapologetically, and today we have such an exciting guest. We are really going to get into a range of topics, mainly around... Is something that's relatively new to me in, in my world, which is around the kind of the, the masculine feminine energy, you know, being in the hustle versus being in the flow. You will have heard all of these kind of expressions, but we're gonna get into what that really means and how that really works. And my guest's story that is so inspiring to uh, to share with you, but also to really kind of give you a sense of the fact that it is in fact possible. So my guest today is Jenna Brown, is a transformational business feminine leadership and business thought leader. A soul guide and a healer. So we're gonna get into all of that. But after being after going from the most intense burnout of her life to and two, not one, but two near-death experiences, she devoted her herself to owning her subconscious reprogramming and healing to really create the life of her dreams. And now she is a six-figure business owner, living a life of ease in that feminine and energy in the feminine entrepreneurial spirit. And she is working a maximum, get this, a 15 to 20 hours a week. So it's not about working more. It's not about, you know, working harder in the rat race. So her passion is to guide female entrepreneurs out of that toxic masculine hustle, that culture that we all have in some point been led to believe was the right way to go, but to guide people into the feminine flow and align their life with their own soul path and desires. So Jenna Brown, in her spare time, she enjoys exploring hiking trails with her children and her husband, and they live in Sedona, Arizona. Hello, hello. Hi. Jenna Brown,
1: how are you? I am so good. I'm so happy to be here right now. Thank you. I'm for so having you. me.
0: Yes. I'm so happy as well. So are you, so, ha- so, oh, I don't even know where to start. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's start with the kind of the, 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 the pre-feminine energy and really kind of get, you know, get what, what was life like before you really had your flow and your, you know, your business going with not working ridiculous amounts of hours. What well, what was life like then?
1: Yeah. Well, it was very different. I, um, after my first child was born, Nine years ago, I started a nonprofit, and I was starting and running a nonprofit for five years, and I did it very much. I mean, I was very, very young, and I was a new mother, and I, I started this nonprofit profit serving families, and it was very successful from an outsider looking in. I mean, we served hundreds of people locally, thousands of people online. However, I was definitely burning the candle at both ends, and um, at that time, I really – was looking outside of me for my authority, like so many of us are taught to do. And I was looking outside of me of like, if I'm going to be successful at running a nonprofit, I have to shake the right hands and I have to network at all of these events. And I have to essentially have this structure and all these things. And I have to get all of this money. And it was very successful in life giving for the first like three years. And then the last two years I knew I was done However, I had set it up in such a way that it was like, I couldn't leave. And so those last two years were hell. Like literally I was, am I, I'm sorry. I didn't, I just cussed. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on here, but I, um. we're good. Okay. You're good. You're
0: good. You're good. I'm just choking on my tea now.
1: Oh, sorry. Sorry. So those last two years were very much like my intuition, right, which is your your intuition is very feminine. It's very much connected to yin energy. And I, my intuition was saying, it's time to move on, it's time to evolve, change and grow. But I literally was so ingrained of like, you have to stick something out, you have to do it, like see it all the way through. And so I didn't. And what ended up happening was my health just naturally started to decline. By this time, I was I had two children and I was pregnant with our third and I ended up um, having a kidney infection and going septic and like having this near death experience where it's a miracle that I survived it. And my child who was like seven weeks in utero survived it. Um, she's three years old now. And yeah, so I like, <laughs> I always am like, I learned the lessons to the point of no return. Like there's no return from the lessons that I learn. And At this point, I very much had to look at my life and what I had created and how I wasn't prioritizing my health and the things that mattered to me most. And from everybody else's point of view, I was this amazing person who was helping and saving and healing the world. But on the inside, I was working a million hours literally for free we had given so much of our lives like away financially to the point where we were living with friends like we had to move out of our house to live with friends we weren't making any money like the stress was just insurmountable um and yeah so i ended up having this near death experience where i quit everything so like at the end of that i didn't actually even know how serious it was until afterwards and I ended up having a whole entire year of recovery from this experience where I had what's called post-sepsis syndrome, but essentially like I literally couldn't walk for like months at a time. I couldn't get out of bed. All I could do was just like sleep all day. And I was pregnant and I had two other children. So I ended up quitting everything that I was a leader in, my nonprofit I had started. I lost my whole reputation. Everyone hated me. It was a whole thing. And, um, very much a dark night of the soul, if anybody knows what that means. And as I was going through that and really like my spiritual awakening years later, like a couple years later, actually only like a year and a half later, now that I think about it, it felt like a million years. (laughs) Um, it's when I started to share, share about my healing journey and the biggest catalyst in my healing journey, really when I began to start to observe my life, right? I always teach my clients that you are not actually the person like in your life, your your soul is actually the observer of your reality. So when we can, I always say the seed of the soul, if we can start to observe our lives, that's like the very first step to healing your subconscious mind. Because as we observe our lives, observe our realities, we start to ask this question, why did I create this? Because when we learn about the subconscious mind, which I teach so much about, but essentially our whole entire lives are Created from the programming in our subconscious mind. And our subconscious mind is makes up over 95% of the functioning of our brain and also creates over 97% of your reality that you see. And the scary part is it's completely developed by the age of eight. So we are all walking around as grown-ups, grown-ups using air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, but really we're actually children with grown-up skin on (laughs) and we're all walking around like that until we become conscious to all these cycles we start to create in our lives. Right. And so I became in this season of my life, I started to to look and I, I mean, literally I couldn't do anything. So I was just observing everything. Like what is the meaning of life basically was my everyday question. (laughs) And I was thinking why, like, how did this happen? How did I get here? Why did I create this? This like destitute state of being to the point where I almost died to what? Like why was I doing that, right? And and I always teach – not everybody might be ready to take radical responsibility for their reality, but I was at that time. And if you are, I highly suggest it, those of you listening. But when we can take radical responsibility for our life and see that we actually are creating the reality we're seeing, then that's where people – like me, come in subconscious reprogrammers that give you the tools so that you can actually reprogram that filter in your brain that's creating your reality. So that's essentially what I did during that period of like no one knew who I was or where I was because I was just under a rock healing. And I started to get into the subconscious reprogramming where I was using these tools like hypnosis and timeline therapy and somatic therapy. And I was going and I was healing my body, like moving my body, moving trauma out of my body. I'm nourishing my body and my cells. And I was going back to these memories and healing these different programs. And I really began to feel like I could be empowered to create literally whatever future I ever wanted. And so that was really the turning point for me. Of course, I had done like cognitive therapy. I'd done all the therapies. But when I started doing subconscious reprogramming and actually going into those memories and changing them. All of a sudden, over time, my entire reality was different. So now what that looks like, uh, not even like a year and a half later since starting that is I actually have a pretty much almost multi-six-figure business at this moment. I work, like she, like you were saying, 15 to 20 hours a week maybe. Um, my husband left his job in January and now can be home with our kids We are living in Sedona, Arizona, which is like one of the most amazing places in the United States to live. But also we're going to pick up here soon and be traveling across the world with all three of our children. Like we literally have created our dream life and not even three years ago, I literally thought I was worthy of having like $60 a month. Like I literally had zero threshold for holding wealth zero threshold of self-confidence. And I was projecting myself out there like crazy. However, I had no idea this concept that we'll get into of learning how to receive and actually be in my feminine energy and feel safe enough to receive from the outside world, not from something that I like forced into being, but something that I received that was coming to me.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So, So for anybody listening that's going, how do you earn that much money and work those few hours? Because we've all been told in the trap that in order to earn six figures or multiple six figures, you're going to have to work very long hours, like you were describing you were doing Mm -hmm. before. Yeah. Um, So, okay. So how does the 15 to 20 hour work week work that do you have other people that support you?
1: No. You mean like my partner? Yeah, know. no. Well, I'm ju- I'm thinking like like do you, do you have a team of people then that are doing the work that, that no. So that? obviously there's a million ways that I mean maybe that's not obvious. There's a million ways that you could create a lifestyle of having six figures of business. I I like to teach actually. Ooh, where do we start? Where do we start? Okay, for me personally, let's start there. For me personally, I am coach, guide, healer. So I have built the model of my business to have different tiers of offerings that people obviously are paying to come into. And as they are working with me, typically they, honestly, most of my clients stay with me for years at a time. So they'll work with me with whatever I create, whatever I put out there, they'll buy that program. And because I have these tier offerings of you can come in at this lowest tier, this mid tier, this highest tier, those clients are naturally coming in at any of those spaces. Now, that being said, I have created that six-figure business, but also I'm not stopping there because I actually desire a life of, I know people listening are like, who are you? But I desire more time freedom than even that. And I desire more financial freedom than I already have because, um, and I don't desire to run this giant team. That's like 87 people big and all of these support coaches. Like I really don't want that. So I'm very open to, Money not necessarily having to come through my business. Now, that being said, money does come through my business. And all of what I just told you is true, that that all has come through my business. But because I have opened up my receptivity in my body, in my brain, to allow money to come to me through any avenue at once, that's allowed my wealth threshold to grow to the point where my business can support that amount of money. Is that making sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I just want it because I think people sometimes they'll listen to this stuff and they'll go, "Yeah, but how can that be? That doesn't that doesn't add up because that's not the formula or the equation that we have been led to to understand." Um, mm-hmm. And so and so when you talk about opening your body to for and and your mind for receptivity, how does that happen? Is that through
1: hypnosis and timeline therapy and and a range of things for all yes. of your clients? Well, I actually don't feel like I'm supposed to say something on the last thing you just said. So first I want to talk about the real currency that actually exists, which is time. So the very first thing I ever do with really any of my clients is bringing them out of the paradigm of money because money is actually a matrix and it's not actually even real. (laughs) So (laughs) there's that. The only real energy exchange that's actually happening right now is time. But the majority of people in the world, maybe those of you listening, and all of us go back to and slide into at times or come out of is that we have learned that money is more valuable than our time. And there's this saying that goes that if you learn to prioritize your time over anything else, you will always have both money and time. But as long as you stay in the matrix of prioritizing your money, you might not ever have time, right? And I'm sure those of you listening have seen a million people Be like, I'm a millionaire and they work their ass off and you're like, I don't want that life. Like that sounds horrible. So if you're asking that question, well, like, how do you do that in your business? Well, it's actually, how do you do it in your body? And I know that's hard to grasp because we want so somebody to give us that. I mean, we've been so programmed to be like, here's the exact formula of like A plus B equals C and you'll be have a million dollars in your business in three years. And that's not real, first and foremost. And second of all, the real structure of your business actually lives within your body, right? Because you might say, I would love to have a million dollars. Of course you would. But the only reason why you don't have that is because it doesn't feel safe to your body, right? And your subconscious mind is actually your body. So we don't like do this work. You can try to do conscious work all you want of like trying to think your way into a million dollars. But the growth that happens when you operate in the space of shifting the subconscious programs is going to be so much more effective because I've seen a lot of people, I've worked with a lot of women who will create those six-figure businesses and then destroy them because they literally can't hold. It's like the same concept of somebody winning the lottery and it's gone in like five seconds. Why? Because money doesn't feel safe in their body. So I'm not really a person who's con- like, I am not interested at all at people that um, are like, I just want to build fast wealth simply because I know that wealth is not about money. It's actually an emotion that you think you're going to have when you get all of this money. So if you can create that emotion, usually it's safety and freedom. If you can create those feelings of safety and freedom in your body and in your subconscious mind, you've, you've done it. You've changed the filter and when you change the filter, you're going to see what changes on the screen. So one analogy I want to say, and then I think, I don't think I answered your question, but no, I love this. Analogy, okay. One analogy I like to say is imagine that you are at the movie theater. You're the only person in the movie theater and you're watching a movie on the screen and the screen in front of you, right. Is playing the movie. And you actually, we all think that we are actually the person inside of the movie. Like we're in the movie on the screen, right? And you also have you seated in the movie, watching the movie, which is what I was talking about being the observer of your life. That's actually who you are. You're actually the one who's seated in the movie theater, watching the movie that's being projected on the screen. Well, a lot of people who teach consciousness and that stuff, they just leave it like right there, like just observe your life. That actually changes a lot of things in your life when you're like, why am I doing that? That's super weird. Why am I still doing it? Like, why do I think life has to be that way? subconscious reprogramming um, of any form actually takes you back to that the film that's being projected onto the screen and your subconscious mind is just like that projector that has that film going through it that's projecting what we see on the screen so what i do and what you can do on your own or um with other coaches guides healers when you're doing subconscious work you're actually going and changing what's on the film right And when you change what's on the film, you don't have to change anything else because naturally it projects something totally different onto the screen. And then what do you do? You just keep watching the movie just like you were before. But what did you do? You went and changed the film that was being projected. And all of that being said is like, cool. But (laughs) like it might be like, great, how do I do that? Well, first and foremost, like I said, you have to realize that you are the observer of your life and stop thinking that life is necessarily happening to you, um, but it's actually happening from you. It's happening from this place of your subconscious mind that's projecting this reality into being. Okay, I'm going to stop there because I could talk about that for 3,000 years. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I, I'm I'm really tempted because I, I've i done a lot of NLP work and I, I, I'm really tempted to kind of go into the... Okay, but then also you can project that at pay at, at different paces and with different filters, and mm-hmm. and, and 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 that is a, a very long conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that, but it but it, it it's it's a wonderful way to sort of say that the money isn't the objective, right? It, it it's it's the result of the other work that you're doing. Yep. Yes. It's how you're spending your time. It's it's how you're you're putting your energy out there and so on. Is that a fair?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And everybody I ever work with, they come in, they'll be like, I just want to create this amount of money in my business or whatever. And that's okay to have that desire. But what ends up happening is we actually get you to the place where you are okay with or without money in your business. And you feel safe and you feel free and you've created a life of longevity and presence without money saying I can be free or I can't be free or I can be safe or I can't be safe. And what happens is when you detach from needing money to save you, which is what most people are doing, then money loves to show up for you. So I like coming back to the feminine conversation is I always teach about money being, um, it's just a relationship. So every, like there's a saying that goes that we're born in relationship. We are, we're, traumatized in relationship and we heal in relationship. And we project just like that subconscious mind as a child, you weren't worried about money. Most of us as it is a six-year-old child, what you were worried about and controlling and contorting yourself for was love. So what is our subconscious mind actually doing? It's projecting, if you have money issues, it's projecting onto money, your relationship shit. And when you realize that money might just be your dad, and you're playing this push-pull game with love from your dad and really it's just money and you heal your shit with your dad, then all of a sudden, what is money? Money becomes neutral because that's what money is. However, we most of us are projecting so much onto money or onto our business, same thing. So when it comes to your business, if you're like, my business needs to show up and rescue me from my insecurity, from my lack of confidence, from my whatever, you are just like we were all trained to be, that damsel in distress of waiting for Prince Charming to come and save you, right? It's not your fault. We were all programmed to be this way as women. And we put what? What are we doing? We're putting masculine energy outside of us and saying, business or money, you need to come and rescue me and save me so I can feel safe and free. And when we take that back and we take ownership of it and we shift that in our body and realize I'm safe and free no matter what, <laughs> right? It's just an illusion that I'm not safe and free that I keep perpetuating because I like to just re-traumatize myself, right? When we shift that, then what does our business become? It becomes neutral. It becomes a vessel. It becomes an avenue. It doesn't have so much like anxiety put on it of like, you better be a six-figure business or else. If you think about it, like if you're dating, I'm not dating. I've been married for 12, uh, 10 years, but if you're dating, and it's in a heterosexual relationship and the woman is with a man. I'm just using this for reference because this is the relationship I'm in. But um, the woman is with the man and she is chasing after the man. And she's like, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need more of you. I need more of you. I need more of you. What is he doing? He's running like as far away as humanly possible. Okay. But if she's calm and collected and cool and safe and stable and chill on her own, what's happening? Then he's coming to pursue her. So. What happens is when you do that with money, when you do that with your business, it's the same thing. And we'll talk about that in a minute about polarity because that's essentially what I'm describing. But when you can learn to be safe in your feminine center, your business will naturally, it has to. It's a law of the universe. It's one of the immutable laws of the universe of polarity that when you're in your yin, your business or your relationship or your money has to polarize you in Yang energy. So if you are a business owner and you're like, I so wish that my business felt consistent and it felt directive and it felt supportive and it felt like a container that I could just thrive in and same with money and you don't have that, The very first thing would be we would look back at your own energetics within yourself, which is what we can get into, of your feminine and masculine energetics and what is going on there. Because if you're highly in your masculine energy, you're like yanging all day long means you're like doing, doing, doing and like (laughs) producing all this stuff. Your business naturally by the laws of the universe has to polarize you by being feminine. So it will come and it will be more flowy and intuitive and more like, woo, like maybe I'll show up today. Maybe I won't like temperamental. So if you don't want that, you have to learn to be in your feminine energy. But the only reason why we don't do that is because it doesn't feel safe to our bodies to be in receptive energy. For most of us, it feels way more safe to go out and hustle and grind, produce, 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 so that we don't have to be in that awkward space of like, I don't actually trust that this will work or i don't actually trust that the universe has my back or i don't actually trust whatever it is it's usually a lack of trust
0: yeah that's really interesting because as soon as you what 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 I, is coming to my mind is it's almost like when we're in that masculine energy of doing and driving and results and competing and all of those masculine energy um characteristics it's almost like we're saying uh if i'm doing those things I'm showing like I have some sort of evidence. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm in the feminine energy and I'm into my creativity and my intuition and feelings, there's no evidence. Like, do, do you know? Mm-hmm. And so and so that that to me is what's coming up when you're saying about trust because it's like you have to trust that it'll that it'll come. And yep. and in masculine energy, you're saying. Well, it's
1: gotta come and that's how I'm gonna trust. Like, yeah, show me the money, you know? A hundred percent. And it's not that we don't have masculine energy, we do, and it's it's that our masculine energy is usually toxic. Like our own physical masculine energy is usually really toxic and it's usually overpowering our whole life. And so what needs to shift is the healing and internal healing to masculine energy and the internal healing to feminine energy, which usually is your shit with your mom and your dad right? And so when that can be healed and shifted subconsciously, you don't have to do much because all of a sudden, subconsciously, it doesn't feel safe for you anymore to go out and hustle and grind. It feels gross. You're like, no, thank you. I don't need to prove anything to anyone. And all of a sudden, it feels super safe for you to just be and be present with the moment. And and also, there is this layer of women will be like, Awesome, I'm going to be super feminine. And then they do literally nothing. And then they're like, why isn't a million dollars being attracted to me? And that (laughs) is because they still aren't healed in their masculine energy of allowing themselves to have structure and feel safe with structure and container and a budget or whatever it is that they feel like, oh, God, that's so scary. But that also requires healing to be like, no, if I have these tiers in my business, then I have containers where money can come through. Toxic masculine would be like, I have these three tiers and I need to have 150 people here and 10 people here and 25 people here. And if I don't get there, I'm not going to get to my million dollar business, right? That's toxic masculine energy. Because why is that toxic? Because it's masculine. Sure, you have a structure and you have a container for money to come into, but you're forcing it to come in the way that you want it to, which is very suffocating for money or energy in general, when you're like micromanaging it and saying, this is the way you have to come in or else, like I'm done, I'm quitting, I'm out, you failed me. Again, if this is just relationship, who the hell wants to be in that relationship? No one. <laughs> yeah. That's like telling your partner, you have to show up in this, this, and this way every single day. And if you don't, we're out rather than having maybe values or boundaries for your relationship that you can flow in and out of. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Which is why I asked you the question at the beginning about how are you doing 15 to 20 hours because do you know do you have this whole team which no. is the natural way that people would would instantly relate to. Well, if you're making that that kind of money at that kind of, that kind of hours, you must have a team that are doing the things that you would be doing yourself or that that I might be doing myself or whatever. You know, because right. people will say to me, "How are you doing everything in your business?" And I say, "Well, I'm not." hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've had my OBM, my online business manager with me for probably six months. But and so that's been my only team member ever in my business. But I don't at this point in time, I don't. I, also, I ran a whole business and nonprofit where I had a team of people like all the time. So I also had my own trauma to work through of like having a team. Because that part of running a business honestly wasn't that fun for me. I didn't like to be like, you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. And I, in my own journey, have been like, what do I actually want to build? Like, how much of a team do I actually need? Because obviously most of society says in business world, it's like, you have to have this big team and you have to become this great team manager. And I was like, what if I don't want to be a team manager? Like, what if I just want to chill on the beach and like create a bunch of passive income? How could I do that? Right. So I always am a person that I love when people give me like when they'll say this is how I did it. But I always take it back to my body and be like, does that feel good for me? Right. Does it really feel good for me to run a giant team right now? No, definitely not. Does it feel really good? Like, for instance, this isn't included in my business income, but for instance, last year I wanted to buy a Jeep. So we bought a Jeep and um, we decided to run it out. So we live in a touristy area. And we rent out our Jeep and we make more than what we spend on our um, payment every month. So we make an income off of having a Jeep and running it out here and there. That type of income producing is way more attractive to me than me exchanging my time and my energy for money, right? So I, even back like last year when I was still more in a a one-to-one, like one-on-one business model, And I realized I didn't want to do that. Like I love one-on-ones, but I was like, I would like to, I would prefer to create more passive products. So what did I do? I used my tools to be, and that didn't feel normal to me. I should say that like, it didn't feel like that was safe to just have a bunch of passive products I sold. I was like, who the hell wants to buy a a bunch of passive products. So when that happens, I realized that reality does exist. And there are those people that do that. I just have decided somewhere subconsciously that I'm not one of them, right? It doesn't feel safe for me. I feel like I have to show up live to give my energy and be very present. And if I'm not, it didn't count, right? So when I saw that subconscious programming, I went in and reprogrammed it. I'm the type of woman who loves to create passive shit and have people buy it all the time. Like it's so fun for me. And now it's hilarious because that's so much of my business model. (laughs) It's like so much more passive and i think it all comes back to your values right i love doing what i do like i love doing what i do um but i actually get more of like a sense of satisfaction when i do it in a smarter way if that makes sense where i'm like hell yeah i bought a jeep and then rented that thing out on the weekends and made double income off of just like getting to have something fun that i wanted that's like my jam all day long right so I'm always thinking that way of like, I know you told me it has to be this way, but how can I do that way smarter? <laughs> like, that's just how I am.
0: I love that. I love that. So when we talk about uh, receiving, mm-hmm. so many of us are resistant to that. Yep. Even though we pray that recently have started to understand what masculine feminine energy is about. And Mm I, I, and I said this in your introduction, I I genuinely mean it when I, because I've worked in corporations for many years all over the world. Mm -hmm. So, so for me, feminine energy uh, I'm gonna say pre 2019 was uh, having nail varnish, and lipstick, and mm-hmm. you know heels, and the whole corporate female uniform. Yeah, that was very that was feminine for me, mm-hmm. and I felt very feminine, and all of those things. And then I found out that's not what feminine energy mm-hmm. means. It's about creativity and intuition, and it has nothing to do mm-hmm. with gender and uh, all of those things. And that completely. Blew my mind. I knew about creativity. I knew about intuition. All of the things. I just didn't equate it to, you know, kind of a a difference to that hustle and that results and drive and compete and and Mm -hmm. masculine characteristics. So it is something that's fairly relatively new for a lot of us about learning about masculine and feminine energy. Definitely. When we when we talk about receiving, Mm -hmm. a lot of us really struggle. Especially mm-hmm. if we have children or careers or businesses or whatever it is, because we're giving all the time. Mm-hmm. So what? How do we turn that into enabling ourselves to receive? And self care wouldn't be such a big topic right now
1: if mm-hmm. we were really good at receiving, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, self-care one is a great place to start. I, I don't know exactly, those of you listening, of where you're at. If your whole life is like give, 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 you will burn out. The, mm-hmm. the, the world has shifted to a point where like our mothers were able to do that and survive, but you will not be able to. Like you will have your hit, head hit the pavement and be like, God damn, I have to change something about my life. Trust me. So listen to me now, please. <laughs> and actually start taking care of yourselves and your bodies. And- I actually was just doing a training on this the other day, and I would say it's a it's a reprogramming of the way that we think. So the paradigm that we've lived in before was an asset, right? was a property you owned or whatever, like money in the bank was your asset. But actually that means literally nothing if you do not have your health and you do not have your time. So your number one asset in your life is your health and then your time. And that's really it. And I think that when you can shift that sub, uh, I mean, it doesn't even have to be subconscious. It can be conscious. Like if you can just think on that and be like, if my number one asset in life is actually health, which is life itself, right? Like you living, you breathing, you having vitality in your body and energy. If that's your number one asset, how are you protecting that? How are you nurturing that? How are you, um, and enabling that to blossom and grow. And I think that's the very first step really for all of us because if you don't feel safe in your body to take care of yourself, you could be out there all day trying to preach whatever you're trying to do in your business and it means literally nothing because you're so out of integrity, <laughs> right? Like it doesn't work anymore. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So um because that paradigm has shifted because so many of us in the collective like as a whole, we have decided that's not how it works anymore. Like you don't get to just like run yourself into the ground anymore as a woman. And we, like I'm saying, we, me, like we're standing up and saying that's unacceptable. Like you're no longer allowed to do that. You're not allowed to be this martyr mother or martyr woman. Who's like, I'm just going to serve and give my life away. No, like you have to take care of yourself first and foremost. So that would be the biggest thing is you have to learn first to receive from yourself. Right. And and then notice all of the things that come up with that. <laughs> like all of the excuses of why you don't have time, which again is one of the largest assets you have. Why you don't have the energy, which again is you don't have the energy because you're not taking care of your number one asset. And then all of the other things, right? Of all the things you have to do and da-da-da-da-da. And the the truth is is so many people want what I have. And I'm always like, but are you willing to do what I did to get here? And most people aren't they would rather hustle their way to their million dollars than s- receive it because it's so uncomfortable to one delegate things out or say no to things that no longer are in alignment or shift out of a season of life that you're no longer in um or ask for help <laughs> right and that is the biggest thing as a woman that i had to realize so to give you an example masculine energy is doing energy so it's very like i'm taking action i'm assertive i have direction i'm doing 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 and we have obviously been programmed in our culture that feminine energy i'm using air quotes is like taking care of your home and doing all the things for your children if you have children and like cooking dinner every night and cleaning your house and actually a lot of those are very masculine energy they're very tasky like anything that's a task that you click off like check off of a list is usually masculine energy. Like I clean the bathroom, I cook dinner, I put everybody's pants on or like whatever. (laughs) That's very masculine energy. So when I realized that if I was going to steward my energy really well, my health, my number one asset, and I was stepping into building this business that I knew would hold so much wealth for our family, I had to give up these things that had become part of my identity of I'm such a good mother because I do literally everything right? And I had to start to say, I'm no longer cooking dinner at night. Like, sorry, like husband, you're going to have to do it. And I'm no longer the number one person who's always thinking about what our kids are doing, or I'm not the only person keeping our house clean. And it's not that he wasn't helpful. It's just that I was so um, conditioned that this is what it meant to be woman. And this is what it meant to be a mom. And this is what it meant to be a wife. And so I just had to realize, and, and that was like a—it's uh, sounding just like, oh, of course. But for me, that was a huge um, subconscious reprogramming, because I come—I came from a family where my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and that was her whole entire identity was having a clean house and keeping, taking care of us, and being such an incredible mom. And here I am saying, like, I'm going to run this million-dollar business. But I had to let go of things. I had to say like, but I I know I can't use my masculine energy here, which I would be using masculine energy in my business like all of us do. But in order for me not to be like on masculine energy overload, I had to give away some things in my life that had become these identities that I held on to of this is what it means to be an amazing mother and wife. And I had to give that masculine energy to my husband. And then he like took it and was like ran with it and he's great and is a stay at home dad now. But (laughs) back in the beginning, that was like horrifying for me. And it was a lot of identity work and subconscious work of what does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean to be a mother? What does it mean to have small children and also be like this awesome boss lady, which I am too. So does that make sense? Yes,
0: yes. And I love
1: that. I
0: did the opposite. I um, had a very successful multiple six figure business, I had four children, Uh, my husband stayed home, Uh, I went and traveled the world and ran corporate stuff and did more masculine. So I cleared all this space mm-hmm. in order to do more doing yeah and get more hustle in the world um, and, uh, and 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 it, and it was great in lots of ways. Mm-hmm. but it wasn't great for me. Yep, And eventually that has to implode and it did yeah. in a spectacular way. Yeah <laughs> always know. It will, it will come out, you know, you Mm -hmm. can, you can shove it all down and pretend it's not happening, but it will come out. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I managed to run from it for uh, 25 years, I would say. Well, until COVID. Mm -hmm. Until COVID, and then then the and then the world imploded because I could no longer do all of that masculine doing. And then and then what? And I what I what I would say is listen to what Jenna is saying and do the work before the whole thing falls apart, Mm -hmm. because it will at some point you will burn out and you won't have your health and your time.
1: Yeah, and and it could take years and years and years to to build. And and honestly, some people are like me and you're not going to hear that and you're just going to do it anyway. So like, good on you. But I um, like that would have been me for sure. I was like, I'm not hustling too hard. And I I think, like you said, like, where do you start? You just start with yourself, with your energy, with your health and asking those questions. Like, how am I taking care of my own energy? Where am I still saying I have to do this? Being the martyr of like, I have to do everything because life is so hard for me. And then realize, again, sit your sit your ass in that theater seat and watch that video and say, where did this come from? Why do I think I have to do it literally all Why do I have so much pride in me being the person that cleans my house or in me being the person that knows the kid's entire schedule or me being the person that even like within your business, same thing. Like why, where did that come from? Right. Why do you have to be the person that does it all? And why can't you give any of that away? So that definitely comes into terms then with your business. But like, honestly, your business is just a reflection. It's just a mirror of what's happening inside of you. So when people are like, tell me the right strategy to get to where you get. I'm like, okay, it's all in your body. (laughs) And they're like, no, it's not. Like, tell me the email funnel I should have. And I'm like, it's not the email funnel. It's literally in your body. And you can't have this life of, I mean, like, seriously, think about it. If you're like, oh, I want a 15 hour week. Of work, well, you could have that. You just don't. Why? Because that doesn't feel safe to you. Why? Because space probably feels really scary to you, right? And that's normal. That's I mean, none of us have been raised, most of us, to think that space was safe. We were all taught that like we were supposed to go, go, go and have everything so filled up and work so hard till one day we finally get to relax. And you will literally never relax if you don't learn how to relax right now. And create space and feel safe with space right now. And that's the other thing with feminine energy is I always y- use this example of my children. They're, they're, they're bored every two seconds, you know. And they'll be like, I'm so bored. And I'm always like, that's so awesome. I'm so excited. And they're like, ah. and I'm like, because every time you're bored, that's when you get so creative. And if children are teaching us that lesson, that if you can let your kids be bored, that's the best gift you could ever give them because they will go and create It just like you have to get through all the tantrums first for them to go and create. But it's the same exact thing with adults. If you can just let yourself be bored for long enough, you will eventually get creative. And there's such a difference from birthing a business, from producing, like I have to do X, Y, Z to get this result, which is what people want. That's where their ego comes in. From, I actually birthed this from a place of so much space in my life That it just came from this place of natural creativity and the reason why we avoid that is because in our culture we've never been taught that death is actually safe and if we do not surrender to the dying of things into the space that death naturally creates aka the womb also by the way is just a big black hole of space in your body and where the womb what happens in the womb right is the creation of all life force so if we can't come into the space of death and darkness and I don't know what's going to happen in nothingness, you will never actually live a life connected to your feminine embodiment because feminine embodiment can only happen through that natural destruction of your life to create space in the nothingness and be like, oh my God, everything is just dead. I don't know what's going on. For that new idea to drop in, that new business to drop in, that new program to drop in, the new whatever to drop in, so it actually comes from this place of creativity rather than ho- hustle and force. And when it comes from creativity, it's just so supported by the universe, so supported by everything because it comes from life itself, not from the space of mental ego power
0: mm-hmm. and drive and doing and all of those all of those great words. Mm-hmm. So, what does it look like to work with you? What how how do pe- I, I want people to understand? So they they've heard about the the concepts and the ideas hopefully if you're listening or watching um you should know if you're on youtube on the vodcast playlist you can listen to this on podcast as well anywhere you get your confidence to cabaret uh, check your your um your search on on your podcast host and if you're on podcast host you can also see the video on youtube uh on confidence to cabaret on the vodcast playlist so then you can see us talking as well and you can see jenna's air quotes etc um yeah but but um What is it like to work with you? Like, how how does it work? I I understand you have tiers, and so it's slightly different in 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 different programs and and so on. But Mm -hmm. what kind of things would would you be doing if as a client of Jenna Brown?
1: Yeah. So, well, one I know, I think we're linking my Feminine Alchemized Business Course, which is one of my beginner courses, to understanding if you're like, cool, I have no idea what you're talking about, or even if you do, and you're ready to do deeper healing work, not just intellectualize it, intellectualize it. Um, Feminine alchemized business is not only going to teach you the energetics that I'm talking about. So like the energetic framework of living a feminine life, building a feminine business, all of those things. We go deep into like codependency and how you're codependent on your business and why because of childhood, but not just like me talking. I also have multiple, I can't remember how many hypnosis is in there, but lots of hypnosis practices in there. For you to open up your receptivity to receive, for you to heal the feminine and masculine wounds of like, where did that come from? Where you learned you had to be more masculine to survive or um, however that showed up for you and to release limiting beliefs of like, so many of us want to go big places in life, but actually we have these core limiting beliefs that are saying you cannot leave the tribe. like You cannot leave family. You cannot leave your religion or your culture or whatever it is that you came from. And you don't realize it, but you making a ton of money and being successful is you leaving the tribe, right? So those all of those types of um, recordings and hypnosis are in there. And that's a completely passive product. So people can do it on their own time. Um, it's complete. So you can do it on your own time. And then I also have other programs that you could always reach out to me about where we we go deep into wealth, where I actually teach the modalities that I use. So I teach people how to Use these different tools like hypnosis and NLP um, and energy healing and EFT tapping and all of these things, or human design. I also teach human design. And I also have a mastermind where women work with me. I don't actually usually take one on one clients unless someone's already working with me in my field, simply because I then end up having to teach all these things that I've already te- taught. But I also would be willing to have a conversation if somebody wanted to reach out to me in that way. Brilliant. And you yeah. will
0: find in the show notes, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this on your podcast, you will find in the show notes uh, all of the links for Jenna. And of course, if you can't find Jenna, you can always find me at Confidence of Cabaret and I will put you in touch. Mm. Okay, Jenna, cabaret time. Let's have a little okay. bit of fun. Let's find out about you as a cabaret artist. Okay. okay. So for those of you who are new to cabaret, uh, cabaret is typically defined as a small venue with a small audience. So for example, Dita Von Teese is probably the most famous burlesque artist on the planet right now. She performs in massive auditoriums and huge theatres and she performs burlesque, um, but it's not cabaret. It's a cabaret type of act not performed in a cabaret so cabaret would be intimate you would be able to see your audience you would connect with them and very often you would move through the audience and you would literally be right beside them uh so some of the cabarets have a small stage some of them don't some of them have a very big stage it's it depends um but you are always in contact or connection with your audience It's very interactive Mm. And the typical things that happen in a cabaret act are about expressing yourself, telling your story or the part of your story that you want to share, and and being able to express that through your body, through your voice, or through any range in between there, um, and and be able to put that out there to your audience who typically are receptive to it and share in that energy. And it becomes very reciprocal. It's a very beautiful kind of um, atmosphere to be in. So the kinds of acts that you might find would be people singing and there might be original songs or covering other artists songs. Uh, You would find people who were doing comedy. You know, lots of people, lots of comedians talk about, you know, the early days in comedy clubs and things like that. Um, You would find that there would be burlesque performers or drag performers, drag king or drag king, drag queen, I should say. Uh, you would find there might be contortion, there might be storytellers, poetry readers. There could be all kinds of different things and any combination of those. Mm. But it's really very much about telling your story. And if you think about a comedian, for example, it's quite biographical. You know, they're very often talking about parts of their life and, and, and mm-hmm. you know, i slightly exaggerated, but they are sharing, uh, parts of their life almost as a therapy, but you know, it, it, it's, it, for me, it's about burlesque. It's about performing using costume, using movement, using the whole stage and, and taking up that space to, to share a, a message with the audience. So what kind of, um, given all the things that we've talked about and, and you know, what your life represents and so on, how would you express your narrative on a cabaret stage? Would you be singing or dancing? Would you be, would you be um, uh, reciting something, telling stories, telling jokes? What would you be doing?
1: Yeah. I think that this would be a, a easy mix between three of those. So I don't know how that would come up, but I love a good, uh, I would love a good uh, <laughs> challenge to, to use three. Mediums, but probably poetry reading poetry and dancing poetry so I have been a dancer most of my life and I love dancing um so that but also comedy so I like weirdly am funny but I mean I I actually don't think I'm that funny but people that are like in my circle are like you're super funny you should be a comedian I'm like all right so I guess I would be a comedian for that experience as well Yeah, you totally could
0: because, you know, you could use your whole body to express that as well as your words and it could be funny and it could be funny through gestures or through costume or through the words or eye contact that's going on or all kinds of different things. So that could be fun. Yeah. Okay. if, If you could take one prop on stage with you, what would you take on stage with you?
1: Okay. So the first thing that came to me before you even asked the first question, I was trying to envision myself on a stage, um, would be a staircase. And that is because first of all, I do hypnosis all the time where people are using a staircase, like stepping into the highest version of themselves and coming back down. And, but that's not why it's because my like deepest moment where I essentially cut off from my childhood was on the staircase of my parents' house at the top of it. And so much of my trauma healing has come back to this moment and reclaiming that little girl version of me. And so I think I would use a staircase to start out at that staircase, and then explain my story of like coming down the staircase and actually living my life and allowing myself to flourish.
0: I love that.
1: Okay, should we do it? Should we do? Should I do that? Yes.
0: (laughs) Okay. I adore that. And if you think about you know, very early kind of song and dance kind of movies. I'm thinking Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers kind of stuff. There was a lot of kind of dancing on stairs up and down and, mm-hmm. and, and so on. Um, so there's so much imagery there and there's so much meaning behind that. And that is what resonates. That's what lights me up in Cabaret is when there's a story that is making sense that is saying something,
1: mm-hmm. unapologetically
0: saying something. Okay, so you've got your staircase. It's all there, set up on your stage. You're ready with your performance, and the compare says, "Please welcome to the stage." What would your stage name be?
1: Oh, easy. It's Eden. One hundred percent. My name is Eden. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my last name would be, but my first name is Eden. Your last name? You can just be Eden. Yeah, I'm just Eden. I was supposed to be named Eden and I'm not, but I've like literally my whole life. I was like, I think I'm actually Eden. I don't know if I'm actually Jenna. <laughs> so yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's- maybe be Eden Montgomery. Cause that was my, that was going to be my middle name was Montgomery. So maybe I'd be Eden Montgomery. Okay. And I'd reclaim that inner child through that name that was
0: so easy for you. I love that. I love that. I know. (laughs) That That was really easy.
1: (laughs) I love that. And you're like, okay, should I go create this? Like where where should I perform? Okay. I love performing. performing. I, I,
0: you know, and and I think that's the thing is that, uh, I mean, my stage name has changed and evolved because the message and the stories that I want to tell are different. So Mm. they used to be very much based on my past. And and I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to to hold on to that. I needed to express that, and I don't anymore. Yeah. And so my stage name has evolved. So you could start off as Eden Montgomery, and then you could shorten it to Eden, or you could mm-hmm. change it. You could mm-hmm. you know you could do all kinds of different things with that. I love it. So I love that as well because the imagery of Eden is just. I mean, I'm thinking now like you need a whole act on Lilith and
1: yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. oh, you already know. You already know. Oh my goodness! Yes, you yeah. need to create this. Okay, how do I do that?
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, first of all, I would say put on some music and just ex- and just have that in mind and see what comes up. Yeah, I'm gonna and do that. Play with it and see how that fits in your body and see how that feels and just go from there. Okay, right. Cool. And I promise you, the opportunity will happen. If you really do want to perform it for real. Okay. That's terrifying, but I'm
1: here for it. I'll do it.
0: I love Well, And that's the thing. And that's, and and that's, that's the thing. I mean, you know, because you'll, you'll recognize this, that, you know, fear and excitement feels very similar, if not the same in our body. And so we tap into that feeling of excitement instead of defining it as fear, which is quite, you know, quite paralyzing for us. But excitement is like, I can't wait to get out there. It's exactly the same adrenaline. Yep. I love it. So I love this for you as well. I I it, And whatever you do with it, please share that. because I, I want will. To oh, this is exciting. I, I so want to know what happens. Okay, Jenna, I, oh, like, we could do this all day. I, I said yeah. this to you before we started. I said this is going to be about a two-hour conversation, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I know. So, um, so where can, I will put this in the show notes, but where can people find you?
1: So right now, as of right now, as we speak, I'm on Instagram the most. I don't do Facebook. I'm on Instagram right now. I'm developing something for the future where it's off social media. But right now I'm on Instagram. I am underscore Jenna Brown, J-E-N-N-A, brown like a color. You can find me. You can follow me. The link to um, that free, the free look at the course is it's like a whole lesson from the course on attachment style and how that shows up with money and that's in there um but yeah you can read all of my GC content and enjoy yourself because it's it's quite the ride in my Instagram
0: I love that I love that and all of the links are in the show notes so please do go and check that out Jenna Brown it has been such an honor to chat with you I love thank you so much this has been so great thank you so much it's such a pleasure. Do get in touch with Jenna if you have any questions or you want to find out more or you do the you do the, the first part of the program and then you want to get more involved. Uh, if you need any support finding Jenna, then just let me know. We are Confidence or Cabaret on all of the socials except for Twitter. We are at YBYWYS and on Clubhouse, I'm at Heather YBYWYS and those six beautiful letters stand for It Is Your Body and it is your world, and it is your stage. Take up space and go. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Love the little shimmy to end, Jenna. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, yes, my stage. Let's do this. Love it. Love having you all here. Thank you so much. Please comment, like, and subscribe while you're listening. Join us again next week. Thank you again, Jenna. It's so beautiful to spend time with you. Bye, everyone. Bye Bye. friends. (laughs) we <laughs>